Hey guys, reaching out to you with a fantastic opportunity. One of our great fans reached out to us recently and presented us a massive opportunity. Brent, you're a great guy. He's donated a custom-built golf cart in a dead pair theme. He gave it to Jason and I for the Dead Pair podcast in order to go to a charity that we support. Of course, we turned this around and gave it to the Ronald McDonald House Kids and Clays program. So right now, you can go to www.deadpair.givesmart.com. On that website, you have an opportunity to purchase tickets to win this awesome golf cart, which will be delivered to the winner. There are photos of the golf cart online, as well as a link to a YouTube video where Brent shows the complete teardown, rebuild, customization of this cart. It is killer, guys. You don't want to miss out on this. Somebody's going to win it. We're going to give it away at Vero Beach in 2024 at the Caribbean Cup. It might as well be you. So go out there, buy those tickets, support a good cause, support the Ronald McDonald House, and have a cool buggy to run around and break clays with. Now back to the show. The Dead Pair Podcast is brought to you by the Elite Experience Elite Shotguns and is fueled by Fioki. Oh. Welcome to the Dead Pair Podcast, coming in hot with everything you want to hear about sporting clays. Guy Fieri. How are you, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Anthony Matteris Jr., how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Welcome back, David Radulovic. That's a net positive. <laughs> Brad Kidd. Corey Cruz. Thank you for joining us this evening. Now I feel awkward. With your hosts, Jason Rambo. One more Red Bull for you. And Sean Alley. Woo, yeah! Do it. Often imitated but never duplicated. It's the Dead Pair Podcast. And now it's showtime. What's up from Large and in Charge? You ready for some warm weather? Uh yes, I'm very much looking forward to it. It hasn't gotten real bad here yet, but you know, our recent experience at the night shoot shows that it's coming. Well, by the time everybody hears this, the very next day will be the start of the Dead Pair Blast at Vero Beach Sporting Clays. And if you all have not signed up, you're missing out big time. Yes, definitely. $50 back to class in the main and prelim. We were already well north of 200 shooters. That's good. That's a, quite a payout. Yeah. So. Big turnout. Looking for a lot of fun down there. And uh, Jason and I will be setting targets, like we've said many times before. Um, but there's a lot of people that are helping us out and a lot of people looking forward to this. So, man, we are just super excited. Yeah, for sure. And, oh boy, I can't wait to announce what's going on next year. Uh, Brian Palmer and the whole crew down there at Vero Beach have been planning hard and planning big for 2024. Uh, the Dead Pair Blast. I mean, we did this just as a fun thing, and it has turned into something that's going to be huge before the first one's even kicked off. That's right. So, but hey, talking to Johnny Carter tonight from TGS Outdoors, Sean, what a hoot. What a character. He was great. Um, actually got to meet him at the Nationals and talked and chatted with him several times over the course of the time we were there. Um, man, what a guy. I mean, he he's, he's all over the daggone place. Oh, yeah. And full of energy. Oh, yeah. Lots of laughs. Lots of laughs. I mean, if, if listen, if you watch or listen to this guy and you can't laugh, something's wrong with you. Yeah, he's living the dream so. in my eyes. I mean, he's out there traveling, having fun, shooting. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, it's just awesome. Right? Um, you know, real quick before we get to our guest, got to say very much thank you to Elite Shotguns. Uh, they have been just absolutely awesome to us. Sean yes, Allen. they have. They've been great. And likewise, Fioki. Fioki USA has been awesome. We love their shells, love their product. Um, had a great meeting with them after the Nationals, and uh, you know this it's just a great team altogether. Sponsoring the cocktail hour. That's right. They'll be down there on the patio with the cold beverages. Speaking of sponsoring, Bear Pelt has donated gun, custom gun socks for yep. the winner in each class at uh, the Dead Pair Blast. Sean Alley, Our- Alice Traps recently had Scott Manspeaker on. Oh, yes. And I can tell you, I've I've talked to Scott, and I talked to Mike in the office over there at Atlas, and the whole place is just ecstatic. They just thought that was the coolest thing ever. So That's awesome. They're great guys, and I, like I said, when we were hanging out there in their booth, I learned a lot about their machines and how nice they are and how they overbuild a lot of that stuff. Um, big thanks to RE Ranger. They sent us a swag pack. Uh, we've got two pairs of glasses, two hats, two shirts. Uh, somehow we're going to give those away at the uh, inaugural Dead Pair Blast. And also a big thanks to Rhino Chokes. Man, they came out with barrel porting, chokes, and a gun fit certificate for some lucky winner down there. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Speaking of huge, Odo Pro has, oh, yeah. has sent a digital gift card for a pair of $1,700 custom fit Phantoms. Uh, th- look, this is top of the line, folks. In my opinion, Sean's opinion, 
the the folks at Odo Pro are top of the line in service and helpfulness and knowledge. And the product they offer, in my opinion, is absolutely top-notch. It's Sound Gear Phantoms. And this is full custom set. It's going to include the fitting, everything. So, As Cousin is... Eddie would say, it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, while we're down there, we're going to be busting up some White Flyer targets. Huge thank you to White Flyer. Um, it's the product that everybody loves to blow up. That's right. And the girls at Score Chaser handling all your registration. So make sure that you don't wait too long. It is uh, up over 200 shooters at this point. We'd love to see. Maybe we can hit 250. Yeah, and we've been getting a lot of reaction uh, to the podcast that Score Chaser is on with Atlas Traps. Uh, Score Chaser 2.0, uh, the, the new things that are rolling out. Kind of exciting, Sean. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to those. Um, of course, speaking of Florida. Yep. Last but not least. You've got to get your brain right. No, 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 no. We've got another one after her. Is Don Grant. Thank you very much to Don Grant. You know, I put a post out the other day. Uh, you know, I had a, that, remember that blue, like, skull-looking dude with the brain waves coming out that we, it's one of the first artworks we did for Don Grant when she was on the show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I That's put that up, up and I said, your mind is your most powerful tool, you know, and fine-tune it with Don Grant. Oh, boy, did that get a lot of reaction. <laughs> So, but you know, it's, it's something you, Hey, look, you train your skills with a shotgun. You got to train your brain. Hey, she knows her stuff. And I mean, I don't think there's a bigger Testament than, than Chad Roberts and what she, what she did for him. So look, if she can fix Chad Roberts, right. That's like Rambo times two on crack. I mean, the guy, she's got that guy tuned up. She can fix anybody. I, I, I don't doubt it. And of course, home of the dead pair blast. Barrow Beach. Palm trees and sand and lots of cool white flyer targets flying. Yeah, live oaks and moss everywhere. We got a dead pair patio there. Vero Beach clay shooting sports. Yep, and they're going to introduce their their grand opening at the clubhouse, which is very, very exciting for us. I'm telling you what, it could be one of the top country club resorts in the country, what they've done to that clubhouse. Yeah, it's that nice. It's that nice. Everything is top-notch. Um, hey, listen, moving on. I want to get right into our guest, Sean. Johnny Carter, TGS Outdoors. Let's get this man on the phone. Make it happen. The Dead Pair. All right, from all the way over across the pond, welcome to the show from TGS Outdoors. Johnny Carter, what's up, bud? Hey, guys. How are you? Good, Johnny. Hey, man, it was great catching up with you down at the uh, the Nationals there. I hope you had a safe trip back home. Yeah, I mean, I definitely should have booked business class, but, you know, I'm not a millionaire, so that one had to wait. <laughs> How long is that flight uh, back there to home when you're leaving from Texas? Uh, Ten and a bit. No, Ooh. it's not so bad. It's just, you, you, you know what you're signing up for, right? You know you're going to have a great week, and you know you're not going to have a great week when you get home. There's going to be a lot of money spent with the chiropractor and a lot of <laughs> about how bad the flight was but the, you know it's a price i'm willing to pay <laughs> there gotcha. you go gotcha well hey johnny for those that don't know you or haven't seen your youtube channel can you tell everyone who you are and what you do my name is johnny carter and i run the tgs outdoors youtube channel it is one of the biggest youtube channels regarding shotgun sports i think that's fair to say and shotguns in general absolutely uh we produce content twice a week about anything to do with shotguns sometimes we dabble in rifles sometimes we dabble in ammunition that's what i do that's me well johnny let me ask you this uh, can you give us a little bit of your backstory i mean i think it's interesting uh, curious to know how you got started you know what made you get into videos uh what was kind of your thought process going into this was it was it something that was kind of like a half attempt at a hobby type thing that turned into something serious or, or how did it all unfold for you I think a lot of it in the early days, we started making videos because I was working in a gun shop, I was running a gun shop, and I was a gunsmith. And we were getting people come in having watched YouTube videos on guns, spouting what they were saying as absolute gospel, and not a lot of it was particularly true. Uh, the guys doing the videos, there was a lot of amateurs, there was a lot of people who were just reviewing a gun they'd had, it was the only gun they'd had. And that was a difficult thing to combat, because what we found is people were watching YouTube videos and going, oh this is they must they must know what they're doing they're posting videos to youtube <laughs> and uh, so we said let's make a couple because we've had enough okay and so we did we just started we made a couple of reviews a couple of real basic things a couple of correctional videos to stuff we've been told and i think for the first couple of years we were making maybe one a month gotcha we saw it had legs 
And so I had a full-time videographer. And Sash is still my right-hand man. And we've we've grown. There's three of us now. But, uh, yeah, it's just gone from strength to strength, really. Mostly because I love it. I think that's probably the thing. I'm so passionate for, for this. I've never... I never really thought this would be something that I would enjoy or do, but it really has become my life, sadly. So, so where did that all start from, Johnny? Were you, were you a hunter originally? Did you shoot targets originally, or how did you like evolve into where you are now? So, I was I, I trained as a gamekeeper, okay. and I was a gamekeeper for a year in England and a couple of years in Africa, and I moved back. And honestly, after working in Africa, becoming a gamekeeper back in the UK was. A little harder than I thought it would have been. Um, so I took a job in a gun shop, and I absolutely loved that. And so I worked in a few different gun shops, trained as a gunsmith, uh, eventually started the gun shop, which is where TGS comes from. Uh, and yeah, there, there you have it. I just sort of fell into a career that I really loved. I like people. I like engineering. I like guns. Totally different to what I set out to do. I was always a hunter, a vermin shooter a game shooter more than it was a clay shooter but that's changed massively over the last well realistically three years i've always shot clays but always as just a bit of fun and i've really fallen in love with the competition side of it not that i compete but i love going to competitions i love that atmosphere i love the people who go i love being part of that community which i never thought i'd say three years ago <laughs> yeah it definitely gets its hooks into you it does, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It's 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 more addictive than any drug out there, in my opinion. Well, and, and we and Jason have said it many, many times. There's a lot of good people in our shooting community oh, over yeah. here in the United States, and I'm sure the same can be said for you. I mean, a lot of good people and a lot of people with like-minded ideas um, that like to go out and have fun with, with firearms, you know? For sure. I, I think from what I've seen, you guys perhaps have more fun than we do when it comes to clay shooting. You guys treat... M- well, again, I've only ever really been to your big events, but also been to a few of the grounds. It's treated as more of an entertainment thing. Whereas in England, a competition is a competition. You go, you shoot, you you may have a burger and leave, but usually you go, you shoot, you leave. And it's much more of a a quick transaction. Over there, it seems to be that shooters, it, it's treated as more of an occasion and an event. And I love that. I really do love that. Well, that's where I was kind of going to go next, Johnny, is, you know, if you fast forward to 2023 here, you once again uh, made the trip over to the national championship and, you know, you made an awesome video for it. You know, well done on that one, Oh, by the way. we've got a full 53-minute one coming out probably after you've released this or before you've released this. So everyone will have seen that. So let's pretend we've already released it. <laughs> yes. Sounds good. Yeah, we did a 10-minute 10, 10 one for the NSCA and we've done a 53-minute one for ourselves. The 53-minute one is is pretty good. I like I it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. I really like the one, you, the 10-minute one you did. I thought it was awesome. Um, you know, <laughs> so I got to ask, Johnny, did being tall and skinny help you navigate the mud? Uh, no, because I can get blown <laughs> over by the wind, man. You've seen me. There's not like a lot of me. <laughs> a well, stiff breeze in my well, I, I I figured it would help, you know, Sean and I can't stay up on top of it. We figured you'd float across the top of it a little better. <laughs> yeah, I, I just actually got on my mud surfboard and just skipped straight over the top. The mud wasn't that bad. Everyone's complaining about the mud. Walking in it wasn't the issue. It was driving those carts in it. That became the issue. I was very jealous of all the people with their proper machines. Well, this is your second trip to the Nationals. I know you were at the U.S. Open last year. Uh, yes. Has there been any other trips, or are those the three big ones that you've done so far? Oh, those are my three big clay trips. I uh, came quail hunting. That was cool. Uh, back in February, and I went on a personal trip as well. Was, I mean, most of the things I do end up on film, but that one was quite a cool thing as well. Just Again, just a nice couple of days in America. That's awesome. Well, Johnny, let me circle back around to get more serious again. Um, as you know, me and Jason are more on the audio side of things with the podcast. We've just started dabbling with some video and some online type stuff. Um, but, you know, you've kind of been evolving over the years doing what you do. What have been what are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome on the video side of things? Because I, I know that if people don't realize what goes into it, Video is immensely larger as far, as far as your files go, the processing power needed by your computers to handle all that. I mean, there's just so much more to it than just the audio side. I I can only imagine that you've probably had some hard crash courses in learning how to do all this stuff, right? 
we've been lucky right because it's been a relatively steady development we've always just been pushing for the next level and finding the next thing there's never been a moment where we've been too far out of our depth we've never this is a complete lie we've where there's been a few times actually that we've (laughs) overextended ourselves and it's never worked too well so we've been very cautious to only take on new projects when we're ready for them or we think we're ready for them you know you can transition from an indoor review to an outdoor review with a bit of shooting that's okay but you couldn't transition from doing an indoor gun review to covering the nationals right it just wouldn't work from an equipment standpoint from a technical standpoint from an ability standpoint but again it's been a really slow curve and i can't really think i think it's interesting that people always say i remember when you leveled up and i think what they mean is i remember when you did a big project and actually spend some time showing what you can do at various stages throughout the last few years. Because we've always been progressing every time, every video, everything. And I think people don't see that technical side, but we really push. And I think we, we've had a consistent style over that time, so people don't generally notice. But it's about gear. We've learned what gear works, what certainly what gear doesn't work. And it's always interesting to see when other people come into our, our industry or other people in the industry, see what they're using, there seems to be, I don't know, there, there, there seems to be gear that works and the gear that doesn't. Certainly from cameras and audio equipment-wise, it is hard, right? You're running around, big heavy cameras don't work, big heavy audio doesn't particularly work because it's a really dynamic sport, sporting clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's probably got to be a lot, too, going from like making a simple 10-minute video inside to, to covering an event over the course of an hour, uh, or at least an hour's worth of film, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I from from a you know an editing standpoint, it's a lot easier to edit a ten minute film you filmed inside. Yeah, right. I think the cumulative hours, because all three of us were working on that nationals film at once, all took different bits and it was all stitched together at the end. Because, I mean, we filmed for six days, maybe five, six days. We had so much footage. We we really went overboard. We got everything we ever needed, and it was kind of a shame to to cut it all away and throw it away. But I don't think anyone would sit through a two hour long nationals film. <laughs> right. Well, what, I don't know, would you, what, I wouldn't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's my honest answer is I don't know. Cause I mean, I watched your video from the U S open and it was like, Oh my God, that thing was 30 some minutes long or whatever. I don't even remember now what it was. Maybe it's 23 minutes, but it was, it seemed like it was over in five minutes. You know, I was so ingrained and in watching it and paying attention, but you know, I'm sure if you, you release something that was two hours, be like, all right, I got to take a leak or something. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's, it's I think two it's, hours is a long time to, yeah. to ask anyone to sit still. Yeah. Well, no, it's not only that, but it, it, to, to have two hours of, I guess, call it riveting content. You know what I mean? To, to capture someone's attention for that long. That's tough. Oh, I reckon we could have made a two hour long riveting content. Show <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Like it was, we had so much footage and we covered literally everything in depth. And it was heartbreaking going through. So I, I did the main event and Zach's bit and well, all the main event, event and a bit with Zach, as you'll see when, when you've watched the film and that, I started nearly an hour long with that and had to hack it down to a 20 minute thing. I got it to 22 minutes and it was heartbreaking throwing stuff away because it's all great content. But again, that's, that's the beauty of like, that's not beauty. That's, that's, that's YouTube. Right. And actually, if you look at all the big boys and we certainly, certainly we're, we're all relatively young. We all watch YouTube. We all watch what the top boys are doing. And that's what YouTube likes. That's, they set the standard of what the future will be on video. So, you know, we're not making it as intense as a Mr. Beast film, but you know, you, you do just have to cut everything that's not interesting. It has to be a 45 minute long TikTok video, depressingly to keep people interested. Even those of an older sort of generation now who are like, no, it's too fast paced. Even they, because they've been watching more and more modern videos, even their attention span is dropping, which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of have caution in asking this, but uh, some of your product review videos that you've done, you what I really like is you're sincere and honest in them. And some of them, I mean, you, you don't hold anything back. I mean, if you've got a negative opinion on something, you, you let it out there. But have you received any heat or pushback from those companies after you've released those videos? I mean, has that been a problem at, at any 
time? Oh, we've been blacklisted by a few, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, certainly in the early days. Now, luckily, we are a slightly more powerful entity, and I don't mean that in an egotistical fashion. But I think in the early days, because it is true, we were just some, I was just some young man from a gun shop in the middle of nowhere, and I can appreciate that I was probably out of order saying some of the things that I said. No, it's not true. I feel like perhaps I, I overextended myself. I was unpolite in my delivery of my opinions. Okay. That's a better way of putting it. If they don't want people to slag their guns off, make good ones. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. good advice. Yeah, right? Well, I mean, I'm sure it probably makes a difference, too, when you've got 200 followers versus, you know, 20,000 or 200,000 followers or, you know what I mean? I'm sure the companies kind of put more weight into what you're saying when that when you have that big of a presence. And they, they yeah, they, because it becomes an important public forum, right? In some sense, right? So then your criticisms become a constructive criticism instead of just a bashing, you know? Yeah, and I've I've got better at that over the years of understanding that you should not, yeah, you ha- you can be constructive with your criticism, and there is a good way of delivering it and a bad way of delivering it. <laughs> yeah, right. Certainly, if you want to like remain friends, not that I'm particularly to make friends but you think over the years same as you guys you do make friends with the gun manufacturers i know most of these guys by name and they know me by name now and i mean maybe at the accusal of me being bent but i'm not there to upset my friends and you know it's not like that it's it's a it's not paid opinion by any manner it's just at this point i can phone them up and tell them what i think of their gun for real well more importantly they may have phoned me in the development process or shown me prototypes and you know there's been a softer a softer introduction to me to the product which is probably wiser well i i think a lot of what you're getting at is kind of like sean and i's premise we're 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 trying to help people we don't want to see them spend money in the wrong direction if you follow what i'm saying and i'm sure you probably have some of that same heart in it you know what i mean for sure but there's also an interesting aspect right that you're looking at it through your eyes, same as I'm looking at it through my eyes. And I remember, I can't even remember what the gun was, but I had a guy just come up to me at a playground, and he he went full send. He went full send <laughs> angry. He sent his entire bile at me because I said his gun was shit. Um, and he made a very good point in all of this tirade of just because you don't like it doesn't mean I'm not allowed to. And that was an interesting opinion. And I'm a, I'm, I, I'm a big learner. I love to learn, and I always take things on board. And it made me think that maybe just because I think something is junk, maybe someone else likes it. I mean, the Benelli 828U is case in point, right? I, I like the sport, the 828U standard. I don't like the way it shoots, and they break a lot, or certainly did back when they first came out. But there was a whole heap of people who thought that was the best thing ever and fell in love with it. So the world is a beautiful place. Some people like Marmite, some people don't. Right. No, it's, I mean, I mean <clears throat> that makes sense. Well, and you got to be honest, right? So, um, hey, John, I want to circle back real quick before we leave kind of the backstory here. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about your crew. I mean, you're the face of the, the whole thing, but, you know, tell us a little bit about the people behind the camera that help you out and some of the jobs they do and, and uh, the help that they give you. I'm blessed to have two amazing guys who work for me. Sasha, who's worked for me for five years. He's been there basically since the beginning, because that's when we decided to actually start doing this properly was five years ago. We've been doing it for about seven or so years. Sasha, I gave him his first job out of university. He'd made a couple of films in university, but we uh, he applied for the job, and he, uh, he came for an interview, and we went to the pub and had like six beers, and obviously he got the job. We just got on really well, and that's <laughs> always been an important thing to me, right? We live in each other's pockets all the time. <laughs> Certainly in the early days before we had any money and it was just investing 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 and really just cutting every corner we could to try and grow whilst also making the best possible content you know we were sharing beds in cheap hotels it was rough and we became very quick friends but yeah he's fantastic so he is uh i don't know we don't really have titles we're too modern a company for that he is an uh unbelievably talented cinematographer he is and i will say this and i challenge anyone to come up against it he is the best videographer in the clay sports industry and maybe even the bird hunting industry i have never seen anybody who can go up against him and his abilities and i i do stand by that the man's also 
a really hardworking guy, lovely guy, great fun, really, really, really dumb with his humour, and that makes me happy. <laughs> if he's not making jokes about your mum, there's not a lot he's doing. He's probably making a film. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, um, Johnny, are you still? Or do you take lessons from Ed? I mean, is he your coach? I don't know if he's my coach or not. People say that quite often. I don't think I've ever really had a lesson from him. We filmed with him a lot, but I've never had a lesson when there wasn't a camera there and we were making a film about something. Okay. Is he my coach? I mean, I'd be proud for him to be my coach if he was my coach. I've learned a huge amount from him, more than anyone else I've ever shot with. I rate him as the best instructor in the world from what I've seen him teaching other people and just the way he delivers information. So, yes. But he's not my coach, but he is my coach. He's my friend. Ed's my friend. There and you go. I learned a lot. I learned a lot from him. There you go. Well, have, have you ever worked with Ben or George or anybody, any other big names over there? Uh, we made a film with Ben in 2020 in one of the original Claytor episodes. Okay. I filmed with George uh, earlier this year for Aimpoint. And a couple of months ago, we've got two more films coming out with him with Aimpoint. Quite cool. Shooting pigeons with George Digweed. Never thought I'd be doing that five years ago. That's pretty cool. And I would would like to get inside George Digweed's shooting mind. That man shoots differently to a lot of other people. And it would just be fascinating to make an actual technical shooting film with him one day. But I'd like to do that with all the champions over the course of the next few years, right? Looking looking forward to the things that we'd like to make. That's one of them. It would be fascinating to, to get with all these people and hear what they have to say. Um and they all have platforms where they say it, but to do it with myself as the common factor, might, for me, would be fascinating. Well, that's, you know, that, that was actually one of the questions we had here is, are we ever going to see like a documentary on Ben or Ed or George? I mean, have you thought about doing something like that? We were actually talking about that in the car the other day. We were, um, would it be interesting to make a documentary on Ed? There's a few films on him out there. That would be kind of cool. And more importantly, he's the easiest one of the lot because he's he's my good friend. So it's a very easy thing to just no, it's not it's never easy to have access to Ed, but it's a good starting point. He's part of the TGS crew as far as I can I'm concerned. He is. So I think that'd be an interesting thing. I don't know. Is that an it to make a documentary is a huge undertaking. I think that's the, oh, yeah. the real the real issue here, right? It's easy. I should be careful what I say here. It's easy to make a basic one, but to use the word documentary, suddenly you are looking at probably, let's say, three or four days trawling the internet, gathering as much data and footage of the person as possible, basically ripping every image and video of them from the internet from their past. With someone like Ed, there's, there's a few out there. And then that could probably include pre-production, actually deciding how this film is going to look up front. Right. Because, you know, that's films don't just magically make themselves. And often the pre-production doesn't affect the outcome of the film massively, and they can be very different. But you have to have a plan going into film or else everything doesn't work quite so well. And then you can film it. That would take a couple of days because really you're just looking for a quality interview, but that might take a couple of days just to make people happy. And then a bit of B-roll shooting. And maybe you have to tell a story. That's the reality, right? You can make it to tell a proper documentary. Wouldn't it be cool if Ed came back into the competitive world and you made a documentary about that? Right. You have to give someone something a bit more compelling if you're going to go for it. And this is the problem is we are probably too ambitious <laughs> with all of our ideas. They're like, yeah, we can make it, but I want it to be Netflix standard and a four-part documentary about how this, like Ed came back and won the 2025 World Fit Ask or something like that. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, I could see that too is, is the big challenge. I mean, just from my point of view, and we we are not video people at all, but – you know, an interview is a sit down for a couple hours, a documentary. You're following this person around for weeks or even months at a time, capturing their life. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I could see it being a lot more, obviously a lot more work, but a lot more involved, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And then you have to, with all these things, you've got time is amazing. So let's, let's say you made a quality documentary with, Ed, and you spent the four days planning up front, getting all the footage in place, and then you spent, let's say, three days filming, maybe at a competition, maybe casually, and maybe one with interview. Just, and it will take a day to do a nice interview because it's all about building up the rapport. Not that we don't have it, but you need to just make sure everyone's happy before you actually sit down. There's nothing worse than just getting someone's house, sitting them down, saying talk. Nobody's ever gonna like give you. No one's gonna give it up like that. And then let's look at the actual reality. You're not spend ten to fifteen days editing it. 
Right. I, if you look at that's a month's work, probably a month, two months work. I don't know who's going to fund that. And I don't then know how many people would care to watch it. If you said, what would you do with two months of your life or a month? That's or even three weeks. Probably wouldn't be making that sadly. Right. Yeah, I mean, I could see now if I, I mean, my wife wants to divorce me when I take her back an hour long podcast. If I told her I was, we were going to record an audio book, I'd, I'd probably be bunking with Sean. So, yeah, she would. Hey, you should be so lucky. He, he should be. He should be. <laughs> Never have I seen a finer big spoon. <laughs> Damn straight, John. I'm glad somebody's finally recognizing my talents. Well, hey, when the winner... Hey, Nationals next year, let's hook up. You, the, <laughs> you got it, brother. <laughs> in the winter, it might be, not be so bad. it keep me warm, but... <laughs> hey, hey, Johnny, listen, changing gears here a little bit. So, you know, one of the cool things that me and Jason have got to experience, and I'm sure you're in the same boat here, with what we do, we've been able to travel around, got to see places that maybe we would have never had the chance or opportunity to go to. And obviously you've been all around. Uh, do you have a favorite you know, shooting facility in UK, maybe one in the US, and I'm not sure where else you, that you've traveled, um, but any highlights you could just kind of touch on uh, some of the clubs that you really like? Wait, wait, wait a minute, Johnny, before you answer that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jot this down here for Sean, and let's see how you answer. I want to see if I'm right. Go ahead, Johnny. I think I know how you're going to answer this. Oh, really? Okay. In the USA, it would be Orvis Purcell Farms. I just, I've never seen somewhere that was so well manicured and yet wild. That was something else. Plus, the targets there were actually, like, good standard. It wasn't Dolly corporate stuff. They were tasty targets. And that's really hard because maybe that's not sure. I loved Backwoods Quail Club as a facility. That was unbelievable as well. But Purcell Farms was just, that was a special place. And that's, it, it's tough, isn't it? Because there's a lot of metrics you can go by. Yeah. As oh, yeah. to what your favorite was. So I'm just going to go with my gut. I'm going to say Purcell Farms, always Purcell Farms. Just, it was, I've never been anywhere that was that that well put together let's put it like that that i enjoyed so much in england oof that is that's tough probably barbary and because it's kind of home to me it's uh, they have an atmosphere there that is super duper friendly they have become like family i say over the years they became like family really quickly we went a couple of times and it just became home and that's a rare thing that deserves huge kudos the targets are great. Josh Brown, who uh, sets the targets there, he's won course setter of the year, two years in a row in England. He sets a great target. It's a nice place. They've got a great cafe. I mean, that takes a lot of boxes. They sell beer at lunchtime. All of these are winning factors in my mind. You've got to have the important things. Well, now, see, if I was if I was laying money on this, I would have lost right there. But I thought for sure you were going to say um, the film you did over in the Dominican Republic, that place was gorgeous oh yeah but that's not in america or england is it well no i think it, well did you ask specifically Sean? well yeah I, I just said wherever he i mean i said you know u.s okay. england but in anywhere else that you've shot but oh, yeah uh, nothing yeah, was out of bounds anywhere else oh wow gas de campo placing center yeah yeah obviously takes the number one spot of the rest of world that place was sick yeah like next level sick you're in a jungle there's a tower there's cocktails at lunchtime there's whatever clothes you want yeah, that video I watched awesome. that you did from there, I, like I, that's like to me, that's going in the barrel list. I mean that that place is insane. Sign us up. Yes, but that's what I thought you were going to answer with. Go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry, my my bad. No, I'm, no, no. That's okay. I mean, but you know, that's the I wonderful. Mean, the rest of the world, yes, yeah. But you did sort of say England or America, I, and now I, did. I feel stupid. No, 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 no. That's just Jason. That's what he does. No, Sean was trying to get the five bucks. I was going to bet him out. I mean, he 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 threw in a specification that knocked that out. So. I mean, you may not have sent me the messages beforehand, but he did send me a message saying, definitely don't say this. I'm like, <laughs> Johnny, I'm come a on. bit behind on payments. Hey, come on oh, now. You can't, let, you can't let this thing go. I got to keep my dumb appearance up for Jason. He, uh, he picks the stuff up too quickly. Um, <laughs> what about, uh, I'm just trying to think what else. I mean, I know you've been all over. Um, what else do you look well, for? Can in I a, reverse the question? What was the best ground you've been to in the world? Well, we mm. haven't been outside the country, so that's probably yeah. not a fair one right. to ask. Well, your country is the size of, like, my continent, so that's fair. Yeah. Um, for me, gosh, that's a that's a really tough one because I've got so many favorites. 
it, it, I guess it depends on the criteria of how I break it down. Um, I will say, my goodness. We've been very blessed to, to visit some just outstanding clubs. Yeah, I don't want to single anybody out necessarily, but man, I really do love shooting in Florida in the wintertime. Uh, and it doesn't matter which club. I mean, I've been to, to the Jack Links, we've been to Vero Beach, we've been to South Florida. I mean, all of those are excellent clubs, especially when it's, you know, 20 degrees up here in Ohio and uh, and it's 80 down there. It makes it even better. Uh, but I also love my local clubs like, you know, Hillendale, Eagles Nest, Cardinal, uh, especially in the fall, like a little about a month ago, like when all the leaves are changing, you get that kind of Midwest feel uh, going into fall. And it's just such a pretty, pretty background to go out there and shoot clays against. So, I mean, hometown's great, great clubs. Traveling's great. I don't know. I like them all. I hate to say that, but I do. Yeah, to be honest yeah, with you. I, I think that's fair. It's a bit non-committal, a little bit weak, but it's okay. It could be. It could be. <laughs> oh, this is what I like, Johnny. He'll, he, he'll call you right out. Now, now let Jason go ahead and answer, because I know he's going to do the SmackDown. Go ahead, Jay. Uh, no, I'm afraid to answer now. <laughs> oh, for the love of Pete. Really? Come um, on. You know, and I got I kind of kind of reiterate what Sean said. It's hard to pick just one, because there is so many great shooting facilities here in the United States, and I... I think that might be, Johnny, where we have a little bit of a leg up on you because we're more laxed with our shooting sports here than what you guys are. Um, it's a little easier to get around. You just got more space. You just have more space. That's the truth of it. Land is cheaper, and so people can afford to be a little bit more luxurious with the size of their grounds, I guess. They might. Um, Plus, you do have more money over there, so people are happy to spend and reinvest, and that seems to be a more common theme I see is people are happy to support their clubs with money, and they're happy to actually see their clubs succeed and grow. Whereas here, people seem to be a little bit more price conscious right. at every level. Um, if I'm going to pick a Florida club, I got to go with Vero Beach. I know it's small, but it packs a big punch for as small as it is. Uh, just How small? Re- uh, it's 40 acres, 45 acres. It's not very big. Yeah, yeah, it's not not terribly big. But it packs a huge punch. Beautiful the, course. Beautiful yeah, course. There's there's so many beautiful courses down there. You know, Quail Creek is huge. Um, and, of course, it's gorgeous. South um, Florida's big. South Florida. And, of course, Black, well, I know you've never been to Blackjack, Sean, but it's got its features that are awesome. It's just it's hard to pick just one. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I've been to California and shot over there. Uh, I, I, I've been all over the freaking place. I don't know. I'm just I'm just gonna let it go. <laughs> I'm afraid Johnny's gonna run over uh, me. I was chatting to a couple of the guys at Nationals about potentially putting together a Florida clay tour, coming over for a week and doing every ground there in like a like a series, a bit like we did in England. I thought that would be quite cool. And surprisingly, a lot of the people who might be potential sponsors are very, very, very much up for it. And I'm down for that. That'd be quite cool, wouldn't it? Well, let me know because I just bought a house in Florida and I'll be there. So I'll be more than happy to be your tour guide and we'll go tear some stuff up. So Sounds good to me, man. We'll make that a reality. All right. Let's change gears again, Johnny. Um, we talked to some oh, people. Oh, before we do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned Sasha. I should mention Owen as well because he'll probably listen to this. Owen has started for us this year as a videographer and he's learning very, very fast. The art of filming clays or game with a camera is potentially one of the hardest things you'll ever have to film. And he's a great guy, a great sport. And it would be wrong of me not to mention him. Oh, perfect. Please carry on. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, definitely give credit where credit's due. Um, so some of the new conversations we had traveling around, uh, a gun manufacturer that's starting to make a little bit of a presence here in the state is Longthorn. And uh, we've also know a shooter that's going to be recently sponsored by them. Uh, you're sponsored by them c- currently, correct? Nope. Oh, you're not. Okay. Awkward. Awkward. Uh-oh. Trey awkward. awkward. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, well that's, that's... I was about to really let you roll into that one. I was, but I'm not going to do that to you. No, <laughs> that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Uh, oh. Well, what can you tell us about them? They are fantastic guns. They really are. English-made, affordable, nice, relatively lightweight, beautifully designed Shotguns. Their barrels are made of one piece of steel. That's quite cool. And because of that, their barrels are very rigid, which means the recoil is extremely linear. You have very, very limited muzzle flip, which is nice. Other than that, they are the first company to make a successful titanium barrel. That said, Floodman made it a while ago, but they glued them together and the glue came apart after sort of 5,000 rounds. 
where Longthorn make them out of one piece, it allows them to make a titanium barrel, which is pretty cool. They made wow. that in 12, 16, 20, and 28 gauge now, which is quite cool. And a 410 prototype that I think weighed four pounds for the entire gun, which is oh my goodness. wild. It's like carrying a walking stick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pretty cool, eh? No, that's very cool. Um, well, we, we'd heard some people talking about it. Um, and, and one of the local guys uh, actually took a sponsorship from them. So that's that's why my, my question came where it, where it did. I uh, was just curious about them. Cause yeah, no, fantastic guns. I still shoot mine quite regularly. Like, it's um, a very amicable breakup. It's not the wrong, right word there. Just We are probably a little too... Um, we play with four, probably too many guns to make a sponsor happy in the long run. That's the reality there. I think that's the truth of it, right? We don't want to be tied down into having to shoot one gun because that makes the content a little stale. And it's nice. It's just nice to be able to shoot whatever you want all the time. And we work with so many gun manufacturers. It's probably for the best. It, it, it is not probably. It's definitely for the best that we don't have something that permanent as a fixture on the channel for the sake of the content and our growth. And that's an awkward thing to say in public, in a public forum, but I've said it now. <laughs> Well, okay, now I'm going to flip flip the gears here, or flip the switch or whatever you want to call it. Um, Johnny, you've shot both in the United States and in England. What would you say are the major – this is a two-part question for you. Um, what would you say the major differences are, good and bad, between the CPSA and the NSEA? And part two is what do you think they could learn from each other? Oh, wow. Um, Getting deep on here, Johnny. my thoughts here. <laughs> before I any further get into the bad books of the CPSA. <laughs> um, I don't think that the NSCA could learn much from the CPSA. Okay. I think the CPSA could learn a lot from the NSCA. Right. The NSCA really do promote clay shooting. If you look how fast sporting clays has grown in America and how big a deal it has become and how wonderfully you guys do the sport, and I mean that wholeheartedly, it is unlike anything you see in England. And we have some great events, the Pro One, Northern Sporting Weekend, um, British Open, all these kind of things. In fact, generally, the, like the, the less CPSA-run events, the more open events, they have hospitality, they have fun, and it's a little taste of what we get when we come to you guys. But there is nothing, there is nothing here that even resembles the Nationals or the US Open from what I saw. Um the, the fact that your guys over there, the whole team refer to themselves as being in the entertainment industry is something that they, the CPSA don't really see themselves as. They see it as more of an official sport, which it is, of course. But if you look at all successful sports there that are also played casually, I mean, realistically, it's golf, isn't it, that, that is our main parallel. Mm -hmm. It's an entertainment thing, golf. Those who go and play it are not going to play golf. They're going to spend the day out and have lunch and beer with their friends and go out and do some, go and hit some more balls around a course. And you, yeah, I just I find what you do fascinating. It really is. I think the CPSA could learn a huge amount from the NSCA. Like I say, from that entertainment aspect and the, the sort of the prestige aspect that they have managed to bring to the sport. It's wonderful. It really is. Um, the CPSA is fantastic as well, obviously. And uh, they do nothing that could be constrained as bad lazy, or lazy or uh, not not as hardworking and uh, promotional as they could be for our sport. Of course not. That's, mm. that's what I meant to say. Okay. Well, along those same lines, let me ask you this. Okay, tournaments, USA versus England. What do you guys do? I mean, why, other than the fact that you're competing against, against each other, is there any concern about purses or payouts at the tournaments you go to because it's kind of a contested topic here some places some states do a very good job and push uh, the fact that you can win money if you're a good shooter you know and 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 come in and win some money other states not so much it's more about the the prestige or the bragging rights or the punches or the punches so that you can move up to the next class so on and so forth how how do most shooters uh deal with that over there i mean are they chasing the dollar are they chasing the prestige the trophies or, or what is it that draws shooters to your to your shoots i think a little bit like over there right the the reason you want to win a major or a, a world championship is so that you can sell your instructorship for higher value. That seems to be the recurring theme with most of these people. Most of the top shots are instructors too. Because you can make a really great career out of it, as you should be able to. Over there, however, 
you can actually earn decent money for winning these competitions. And in England, you can, but it's it, the, the competitions where there is a decent prize pot is few and far between. Okay. There is a lot of bragging rights, obviously, if you win the British or English Open, and that's kind of cool. But bragging rights don't pay the mortgage. Right, right. Um, exactly. And that it's tough, right? And it's the big thing that holds it back over here. And I see it change. Well, I see it as way better over there. I see it as way better over there. If you are the best sporting clay shooter in the world, why shouldn't you be able to win $200,000 a year for your ability? Uh, any other sport that involves the investment in time and career to get to the best of the best, you can win half decent money and make a living from shooting. But it's pretty rare in our sport, which is it is like all these people have to supplement their income with instruction. It is, but, but don't you think, Johnny, that a lot of that has to do with the negative way that, that guns and firearms are portrayed in the media? I mean, it's really hard to get big sponsors on board when there's a liability, when you're backing you know, a company like Winchester or Remington or, or Beretta or whatever, and there's so much negative media about you know, shootings and all that other stuff, especially here in our country, maybe not so much in yours. But you know, we've always kind of thought that that's the major holdup over here is that a lot of big companies that would sponsor the sport and would offer their support kind of keep everything at arm's length because of the liability factor. Well, I guess to put that in perspective, you know, Brandon Powell just won the national championship. Uh, the guy that just came in 32nd place in the PGA Tour won 10 times the money that Brandon did. So, wow. You know, yep. how, how, do you, how do you figure that, right? I mean, they're hitting a little white golf ball around and just making bank. But it's, but it's a friendly sport as far as there's really not anything negative about it. Right. Other than if you want to pick on John Daly smoking and drinking on the course the whole day. But, you know. <laughs> That's that's about it. Yeah, delinquent. How dare he enjoy himself? How dare he? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a tough one. It is. It's something that we face over here exactly the same. Is how do you get outside sponsorship? But at least your industry does self sponsor. Whereas over here, it's something you see a significant amount less. You know, if you look at the NSCA, the amount of sponsorship dollars poured in, it's it's better than nothing. It's better than we do over here. It would be nice to have outside sponsors, but I mean, you just. What 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 do we really need to be looking for here? Equally as equally as politically dangerous uh, sponsorship, you know, uh, cigarettes and alcohol sponsorship. Why not? Well, I mean, we see a lot of it. I mean, Jason and I have talked about it with many people over the years. And I mean, when you look at when you go to one of our shoots, what are the things that you see? You know, most people are driving a pickup truck, no matter what the brand is. A lot of yep. those people are towing a trailer with a buggy, a side by side, or a golf cart on it. Um, oh yeah, a lot of those people, Kawasaki would do well to sponsor someone. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, Honda, Kawasaki, Yamaha, uh, Polaris, all those guys. You would think it'd be a huge opportunity. Chevy Ford, Dodge, Chevy Toyota. Ford, Dodge, Toyota, whatever. And then on top of that, look at all the other stuff that goes goes hand in hand with it. A lot of people have campers and motorhomes that go to these events. Oh, yeah. they, tra- they travel the country in those things. But Johnny, those manufacturers will not touch us. I mean, we used to have Buick as a sponsor. We used to have Chevy trucks as a sponsor. All that stuff's gone away because, well, thanks to the media and guns. Guns are bad. Guns are bad. So, um, yeah, it's always interesting, right? That, you know, an over and under shotgun is not that bad, but it's lumped in the same kind of category, depressingly, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, would you you say it's fair, Johnny? Because the one thing that we, we talk about a lot is. You know, if you live in a rural area like where Jason and I grew up, you know, we kind of grew up with hunting and fishing and outdoorsy type of stuff. So we were around shotguns and rifles and pistols, and it's not a big thing. But then when you talk to people that grew up in the city, uh, that's not so prevalent unless your family is doing it already. Is that the same kind of thing in England? I mean, is it more is shotgunning and rifles, pistols, uh, is that kind of stuff relegated more to the rural countryside type folk? Or does everybody kind of try to get into it one way or the other? I, I guess, on average, yes, more country people shoot than city people. But I also know way more urban and suburban people who shoot. you got to remember, right, in southeast England, to be rural means you live five minutes from a city. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, it's unbelievably built up. What well, I, I can remember, I did a... a a little look when we're in Sweden back along and we've got like 
1,400% more density of population than somewhere like Sweden. It's ridiculous, especially if you then boil it down to just the southeast. It's crazy. Or just the south in general. In fact, just England in general. It's, it's crazily densely populated. And so it's not hard to get to a country thing. It's not hard to be urban. And I mean, I live in a city. That's depressing news for everybody. Um, I don't. I live in a town. But it's... Yeah, I don't. I think the the split is probably more country, but there's a lot of urban people who shoot clays and a huge amount of urban people who shoot game as well. It's it's not the reserve of one or the other because we can cross over quite so easily. Gotcha. Well, Johnny, and uh, I'm not thinking that you're seeing many like super inner city people, like proper inner city born and bred people shooting clays, but there's plenty of people who live in towns and suburbia who shoot clays. Um. Two quick questions for you, and then I'm going to let Sean do a rapid fire with you. Uh, you know, one of the things that Sean and I love about this podcast is we, we have people that write to us or they even come up to us on the course and tell us that they're shooting because of us. Or they're shooting registered tournaments because of us. Do you get a lot of that same reaction from people? I mean, because you really are kind of doing the same thing. You're trying to introduce people to the sport and to... You know, with your reviews, with your club reviews, with your shoot reviews, um, do you feel that, I mean, are you getting some of the same reactions that, hey, you know, I kind of got into shooting because of you, or I'm kind of shooting tournaments now because of you? Most people who talk to me don't say anything quite that sincere or sensible. It's usually they crack a joke or ask me me a question about coming inappropriate, I said to guys. But um, yeah, occasionally it happens and it always feels good. It makes you feel like you're doing good work, right? Because... <laughs> no different to what you do. Constantly creating content is there's there's a toll, right? It's 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 quite hard. People, people see the fun aspect, and it's definitely fun. But it's nice to hear that it's appreciated and that it is actually having a net positive good for our community, which is obviously a large portion of why we do it. It's not just paying the mortgage, right? Yeah, if you if you started what you're doing or what we're doing for monetary reasons, you're you you started for the way wrong reasons. Um, I mean, you got to have a passion and a love for it. And when you hear those kind of comments, it's just that I guess that's your monetary is when people compliment you and, and thank you for what you're doing. And we, we hear yeah, that. And the experiences, and, as we discussed, the experiences you get to do. Oh, yeah. Transcend a lot of that monetary thing. And if you actually then looked at looked at that reality of added value, it's it's off the charts, man. It oh, is. Yeah. It's off the charts. Yeah, and it, it humbles us because we've had people reach out from all over the world. I mean, literally, you know, England, Germany, Australia, Australia yeah. um, just about anywhere you can think of. And there are pockets of shooters that listen to our podcast. It, it blows our mind still to this day that there could be a, a person in Australia listening to us on this podcast at this very moment when it releases. Um, and it's just humbling. And me and Jason take it very seriously. Uh, and we've kind of made a promise that we're going to try to do the best we can to help the shooters that are out there. And that's what we keep striving for week in and week out. So, uh, you know, it's a great thing. It's a cool ride. But like everybody's been saying, it's not paying the mortgage anytime soon. It's it's definitely a labor of love. Yeah. So. Well, why don't you, uh, why don't you do rapid fire with him, Sean? All right, Johnny, have you listened to our show about the rapid fire questions that we do? Or are you familiar with that? Yeah, more or less. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to run you through a few things, um, and you answer them however you want. So first thing is foremost, currently, what's the gun that you shoot? A Maruku MK38 trap fixed choke. Okay. I'm taking a little break from the Longthorn. I'll be moving on relatively shortly, and that's what I chose to shoot over the last couple of weeks. Gotcha. And what are the length of the barrels on that? 32 inch. 32 inch. And what kind of chokes do you typically shoot? Are those factory chokes? Or? No, 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 no. He said it's it fixed choke. Factory oh, it's an old fixed full factory. and iMod. I got you. Factory fixed full and iMod. Gotcha. And then what about your stock? Is it a, a custom stock or, or standard stock? It's a custom stock. Made it myself. Okay, gotcha. All right, let's move Wait, on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You made it yourself? Yeah, I used to be a gunsmith. Well, oh, okay. Yeah, remember? that makes sense. Never mind. Yeah, he's got the background. I, it just hit me. It's like you know, <laughs> we've never heard anybody say, "Yeah, I made my yeah, I made it myself." Yeah, yeah, I just went out there and whittled yeah. it out of a out of a tree. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the great honor, I even cut the tree down myself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh god, I figured that was coming. Uh, all right, what kind of ammo do you like to shoot, Johnny? What's your recipe, and what kind of shells? Uh, so I'm sponsored by Hull Cartridge. I I like a lot of their range. My favorite currently, because a lot of the grounds I shoot out of fiber wad, not something you guys have to worry about, would be Hull Sovereign 6.5 fiber, 28 grams, 1 ounce. 
They run at 1,500 feet per second. They're super soft, and they absolutely obliterate stuff. I'm aware you're not allowed to use six and a half shot in America, and that's almost criminal, in my opinion. It is sick. Other than that, Pro 1s, ounce, seven and a half, 1,500 feet per second. Perfect. Gotcha. All right, now, are you a vest or a shell bag guy? I don't own a shell bag, so I'd say a vest. Okay. As I said, coming to America, shell bag's probably really important because it gets hot. We don't have that here. Okay. What what brand of vest do you normally run? Uh, I I have like six or seven of different brands, and they all come out at different times of year. Gotcha. There you go. That's not particularly useful. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I like tweed. I like a tweed vest. I've got a few different ones. I got Lax and I got Showful. They're both they're both nice. Okay. What about your eye protection? What do you use for for glasses? Eyewear, Edwards Eyewear, they um, Ed Solomon's and Ed Lyons brand. They re- I remember they released them a while ago, and I went, I did a clay tour with them both at Sporting Targets, and they just got the prototype. They said, "Do you want to borrow a pair to try?" And I took them home and paid for them that night. Wow! I don't particularly like the look of the more sporty glasses. I'm a big guy. I look pretty bad in most things I wear. I wore these, and I thought I look good. These work for me. I've now got three four sets in prescription nice unbelievably brilliant all right and then what about your hearing protection uh custom fit guards been sponsored by custom fit guards for a long time i don't particularly like over ears oh i have a pair Uh, they're really good spot con ones they're great but i I find them a bit cumbersome custom fit guards are just an internal thing they do passives electrics i've got probably four sets of those for different applications as well because hey why not Gotcha. And then uh, last but not least, we always ask this question. Anything unique that you carry in your shooting bag that maybe people wouldn't realize you did? No, that would be cool, wouldn't it? I've heard a few of the guys on your show say some pretty epic stuff. And I almost <laughs> sat down and thought, hey, you know what I could? Well, I carry a gerbil. I carry some <laughs> in a nest of wasps. Oh, God. I don't know. Whatever. Well... <laughs> That, that's a pretty uh, good that would answer. Go well. like, if we're talking about inappropriate sponsorships, it would be quite cool to be sponsored by a story or pornography oh, I feel like they wouldn't have a problem. Did, did Gianna just get topped? Is that the... Yeah, we went from Summer's Eve to... What, what's the... I don't even know the name I, of one of the To Adam's and Eve. Adam, Adam and, Eve. and Eve. Yeah, Summer's Eve to Adam and Eve. Yeah, all right. Okay. This show was taking a wild <laughs> different direction. Uh, that's great, uh, No, unfortunately, I don't carry anything unique in my shell bag. Um, okay. Glasses, a spare set of ears, usually a bottle of water and as many shells as I need. Gotcha. Not that adventurous. I mean, often I'll carry no, there's there's very little I carry in my shell bag that's that's particularly unique. That's depressing. A lot of ibuprofen. Does that count? Yeah, well wait, we Advil. carry I Sean. carry I carry that too, man. I carry that stuff yeah. out of the bucket. Yeah, that's not really that there. Yeah. Well uh, Johnny... sixteen grams of cocaine help me get around the core. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh boy. Um, no, I really should have thought of something good, but no. <laughs> All um, right. Johnny, you mentioned the whole cartridge. You you do have some sponsors that, that help you out. Would you like to throw a plug for them? I mean, who who are the people that help you out? We we have a few our recurring ones: Shotgun, Shotcab, Custom Fit Guards, and Hull Cartridge. They have been sponsoring us for. Well, a minimum of three years each. Uh, CFG, Custom Fit Guards, now, what, five, six years? We have some other fringe sponsors, but those guys have always been there. They're fantastic products. And, I mean, we wouldn't be here without all of our sponsors, of which there are quite a few for various projects that we, we need. And the industry has been extremely supportive of us over the years, increasingly so, which allows us to do what we do. And I, I just thank the industry in general for, for supporting us. There you go. That's a nice average and kind of shout out isn't it yeah yeah i mean we we love our sponsors i mean if it wasn't for them it'd be pretty even more difficult to do what we do every week and um they help us it would be impossible right like there is only so much you can do with passion uh, because we do have like lives and mortgages and families and it's nice to have a hobby but same as same as we do it's not a hobby anymore it was Yeah. But it becomes an it becomes a beat. You build an animal, and you have to then manage manage the beast, right? You yeah, feed the beast. That's right. That's right. Um, Johnny, any plans of coming back to the U.S. anytime soon? The next year or two? Yeah, I'll, I'll be there at Shot Show next year. I will for sure be at Nationals. I don't know whether we're filming or not, but I don't care. I'm not going to miss out. It's such a great experience. There's been a few little discussions in the mix. I 
I was supposed to be duck hunting over in Montana in December, but I've had to cancel that for personal reasons, which is quite sad. I mean, when I say quite, I mean as sad as could be. And I'll probably back, be back over for quail in March as well. I love, I love America. Like it's, I did, had never been up until last year, and I always knew that the moment I went, I would be over there way too much. So I held off for as long as I can. You guys have an amazing cult, country, an amazing culture, and you're a lovely people in general. We appreciate that. Yeah, we definitely appreciate that. I mean, we we kind of like it here, huh, Sean? It's not too bad. It's not too bad, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be unwise to stretch our legs and go see what the rest of the world has to offer, right? Yeah, I, that's yeah. one of the things that's on our bucket list is like EJ Churchill. You know, I, I'd love to go to EJ Churchill just because of the history there. You know, um, absolutely would love to visit some of the clubs you guys have, but you have an open invitation. I know you said something about Florida and maybe doing a kind of like a Florida swing tour. If you if you ever decide to pull the trigger on that, no pun intended. Uh, let me know. Uh, be be awesome to be your tour guide. I would appreciate that. And you know, you guys should just get on a plane. I know that it's like hard to leave your country because it's so big and so cool. But get on a plane and come to England. Come spend a week here, and we'll have lots of fun. It would be a fascinating thing to do a cultural exchange. We'll do Florida. We'll do. You can do England. They're about the same size. That would be fun. That would be interesting. I. I wow. Me and Jason in England. I don't know. We could. Well, we're married, so we can't get in a whole lot of trouble anymore. But you say that now. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Johnny's like, come but, on. But if Johnny's our tour guide, we might not be allowed to come back. Right. So. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. It's all in good fun. Johnny, listen, you are welcome to come back on the show anytime. Anything you want to talk about, we'd love to have you come back on. Uh, of course, the invitation is always open. You're coming to America. You want to come shoot with us. We'd love to, to go out and shoot with you. Uh, been a ton of fun spending time with you, man, for sure. Well, I'm not really sure where the last hour went, but I've had a lot of fun chatting. Yep, ab- absolutely. Look I forward to you said for anybody I offended with inappropriate humor. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a real thing. I should say thank you to my sponsors and sorry to everyone I hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the status quo here on the show. Uh, yeah, we do a lot of apologizing. So. <laughs> well, if you thought you got bad emails from the last podcasters, you wait for this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Johnny, we're looking forward to seeing you again sometime soon. Maybe next year, uh, definitely at the nationals uh, or whatever event you're be coming to. Hopefully, we can see you out in Shot Show. Maybe. Uh, U.S. Open. Okay, you're going to U.S. Open. Yeah, we'll be there. Very likely. Yeah. Very likely. All right. Yeah. Not too far from us. Chicago is just a small drive. Jumps giving a hop. Yeah. So basically next door. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, Johnny, thank you again, man. Appreciate you spending some time with no, us. No, I know it's, thank you very much for having me on. This has been great fun. Yeah. I, I know it's late there, but uh so we'll let you go. But uh and like I said, you have an open invitation. Come on back on anytime, bud. I appreciate it, man. You take care. All you right. Too. See you, Johnny. The dead well, Johnny sure is a character, isn't he? Character? Well, you know that's, what I mean. That's that's putting it mildly. That, that may, guy's maybe hilarious. an understatement, but yes, he's a character, and we had lots of laughs with him down at the Nationals. That guy is hilarious. Yep. Uh, and a lot of fun. Uh, good shooter, too. Yes, he is. Um, he's got a lot of good companies backing him, just like we do. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, his – Sean, we can never – if you ever have this inkling that we're going to ever compete with him in video, you can just – have somebody hit you in the head with a shovel. Yeah, I'm more realistic. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, the guy does, he puts out amazing video production. Well, guys, and, and like he said, he has he has two staff members that really help him achieve that. So that, yeah. that's a big help. If you hire somebody that knows what they're doing, unlike me and you just sitting down and figuring this out as we've gone along. He's had some good backing to help yeah, him. Yeah, know? I imagine that, that kind of streamlines the process somewhat. So all you guys and gals out there, you really need to check it out. Real simple. Go to Go to YouTube. And look up TGS Outdoors. Um, I mean, his videos he has are They're phenomenal. F- fantastic. I mean, he covered the U.S. Open in 2022. He covered the Nationals in 2022. He's got, well, you heard him on the podcast. He's got something big coming out from the Nationals this year. Yep. I thought the 10-minute video he did for, did for the NSCA was awesome, but it, I can't wait to see the 53 well, And minimum. I've watched several of his gun reviews. I mean, he does a very, very thorough job and fair, fair job in analyzing all the different guns that are out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, no, he does, for sure. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. TGS Outdoors. Thank you, Johnny Carter, for coming on and joining us. And uh, can't wait to see him back here in the States. Absolutely. And I'm definitely taking him up. When I go to England, I'm looking that man up. 
Oh gosh, that's gonna be so much trouble. And I'm just I don't know if England's ready for Jason Rambo. <sighs> okay. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I, I can't I don't think I can argue. So I just gotta I gotta read up on all their laws over there. Yes. And see what I can get away with. You're like, gonna get on the airport like, uh, excuse me, sir, I need to talk to you for a minute. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll leave that one alone. All right. Sean Alley, what do we tell everybody every week? We just had a guest on that kind of sort of pushes the same thing in a different way. Yep. But what do we tell everybody every week? This sport is fun. And if people aren't doing it, it's because they probably don't know about it. So if you're a shooter, if you're another registered tournament shooter out there or just a fun shooter, get as many people involved in this as you can. This is how the sport's going to grow. This is how the sport's going to get better. The more people we bring in... The more audience we have, the more people we have shooting. It all goes hand in hand in making the sport bigger, better, and hopefully more enjoyable for everybody. Absolutely. And if they're just getting started, they probably need a buggy. Probably. They can go to the deadpair.givesmart.com and for 20 bucks can have their chance at a custom dead pair golf cart. And even if they don't need it, you're supporting a fantastic cause. Oh my gosh. Ronald yes. McDonald House Kids and Clays. So, yes, for sure. Uh, definitely get those tickets purchased. We are going to have the buggy there at Vero Beach for the Dead Pair Blast for everybody to look at. And the Caribbean Cup. And, will... and the Caribbean Cup will be drawn. So yep. Yep. some lucky winner will get it, and they're going to actually transport it directly to your house no matter where you live in the continental USA. That is just amazing. Yep. That is awesome. Drop it off at your doorstep. Uh, very big thank you to Brent. Really appreciate the donation. Yeah. Um, it's for such a great cause. And uh Thank you to Kids and Clays for helping us. You know, I mean, they, yeah, of course, it's going to them, which supports Ronald McDonald's House Charities, but they've really helped us out with this raffle because us two buffoons cannot ever figure something like that out. No, so, that's above our pay grade. Could, couldn't do it without them. So hot, hats off to Doug Jenner and his whole staff over there at Kids and Clays. Really appreciate your help. Um, Sean Alley, we have covered a lot. We have been long. Let's get out of here. Until next week. Can't wait to see you all back here at the Dead Pair Podcast. We'll see you next time on the Dead Pair Podcast. The Dead Pair. The Dead Pair Podcast is brought to you by Elite Shotguns and Vero Beach Clay Shooting and is fueled by Fioki USA. The Dead Pair theme song was written, arranged, and produced by Toby Tomplay. Special thanks to the following sponsors. Bear Pelt, Rhino, Odo Pro, Dawn Grant, Atlas Trap Company, RE Ranger, and White Flyer Targets. 